0: What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. Awesome. Last week, we began a brand new series, as we do at the beginning of every month, and we've entitled this series, Seasons. We began to share last week that uh, change is really the only constant in our lives, Whether you like it or not, whether you try to avoid it or not, the reality is that we will all go through phases, transitions, changes, seasons. Things will happen. People will move. Things around us or things within us will change. And our ability to look at change from a biblical perspective will really indicate our success in the following seasons after the transition. So we began sharing in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, where the Lord tells Joshua during a critical time of transition to be strong and be courageous. Three times in those verses, he tells him, be strong and be courageous. And so the Lord really, I believe, spoke to us last week on being strong and courageous during times of transitions and changes. And so I want to continue along that theme today. Uh, so if you would do me the favor of pulling out your phone taking out your, your devices that you take notes on with Hope Center family y'all know how we do we have our messages on iTunes Hope Huddle podcast we have it on our website myhopecenter.org slash messages you can listen back to it but I always encourage you to take notes if there's something that speaks to you I want you to be able to refer back to it and I want you to be able to uh, remember the things that you write down so I encourage you to take notes I want to speak on, on on a season a particular season and it's the cold season, the cold season in life, or the cold seasons in life. How many enjoy the cold, by the way? You love when it's cold and it's summer. Okay, I got a few people that, uh, how many of you prefer summer, spring? Let me see. Okay, majority, all right, all right. But I w- today I wanna, s- I wanna speak to you about the cold seasons. When it begins to get cold, that's a season where leaves begin to wither animals begin to hibernate it gets darker earlier many would like to do as birds do you all know that birds in this area they start as soon as it starts getting cold they start making their way down south where it's nice and warm ain't that messed up by the way just a side note these birds ain't loyal at all i mean they enjoy they enjoy the summer with us they enjoy the spring when it's nice and beautiful and warm and as soon as it starts getting cold ain't ain't that something uh so things begin to change, things begin to move around. I just thought about something, and it's not spiritual at all, but you know the only, the only birds that stick, I know y'all, y'all go off on tangents, y'all give me a moment, I'll get, I'll get deep and get back into it. But the only birds that stick around is this gangster hood pigeons, y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, I, I travel a lot to New York, I, I go to visit, y'all know what I do, and I go to a lot of schools in New York, and, uh, and, and them gangster hood pigeons, you try to kick them and they just buck right back at you. They're loyal, though, but anyways, let me get back to my message. (laughs) Here's the thing. Much of life happens during cold seasons. And whether you try to avoid it or not... Whether you like the cold or not, the reality is you've got to embrace the winter seasons. Now I'm bringing it to our spiritual lives. you got to embrace the cold seasons because a lot takes place during the cold seasons. And it can be frustrating when you're dealing with the cold because when it starts getting cold you have to put more layers on to protect yourself against the cold. Some of y'all don't suffocate yourself because you add, the, be careful with that. you add so many layers to protect yourself and, and we don't like it because it's frustrating. We wish that we could just jump to the next summer because you turn up in the summer, ooh, you're out in the beach during the summer, you go to parks in the summer, you're enjoying the sunlight in the summer, you wish you could just jump to it, but the reality is you've got to deal with the winter cold seasons in life because here is the thing, although we hate to wait, the reality is that we can learn the greatest lessons in our spiritual lives and in our personal lives in the midst of the cold seasons. In other words, we can, lo- uh, we, can, we, can, we can gain great lessons, we can gain great perspective, God can teach us great things in the midst of cold seasons when things are disappointing us, when things are challenging us, when things are, uh, 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 are obstacles ahead of us, we can learn great lessons even in the midst of it. But here's the thing, and I want you to write this down, if we're too anxious… I want you to catch it, I'm about to throw something at you. If we're too anxious or impatient, we run the risk in the cold seasons to, to, we run the risk of resentment against God. We can often say God in the cold seasons during moments of disappointment, we can say God, where are you? Or God, what's wrong with you? Maybe you've never been there, but I have that testimony. I've had seasons in my life where I'm wondering, God, where are you? Is there anybody that's been there with me? Okay, I'm talking to the right church. See, if we become too impatient... And if we become too anxious, then we begin losing our focus. And then we begin to wonder, what do I need to do? Because I was doing all the right things and I'm still in a season of disappointment. I'm still struggling. I'm still battling. And so we begin to lose focus. We say, I might as well revert to the things I was doing before. Anybody ever been there? We begin, if we're too anxious, too impatient, we begin to enter moments where we have self-doubt and we begin to question whether God loves us or whether the call of God is real over our lives. We begin to say, what did I do wrong? Or we begin to say, I'll never get out of this one when we're too impatient and we're too anxious. Or the last one, we can fall and run the risk of becoming complacent. We run the risk of complacency. In other words, we begin to say, what's the use? What's the use? I might as well stay in the same place that I've been, I might as well stay stuck. But today I want to talk about how we should respond to the cold seasons. There is, there is, there is a particular person in the Scriptures goes by the name of Apostle Paul. You've been here in the church, you know I've taught on it. I love the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest apostles, uh, wrote 14 books in the Bible, If uh, for my theologians who debate that, that he, you may say 13, 14, depends on if you consider that he wrote the book of Hebrews. He wrote 14 books in the Bible and, and, and was used by God to raise up churches and to pastor and to, and to be an evangelist and to be a teacher and to be a mentor and to disciple people. Was mighty, was powerful the way God would use him. But but before he got to that place, he had to undergo shifts and transitions in his life. See, we're talking about changes and we're talking about transitions and talk about changes. uh, The Apostle Paul had to deal constantly with changes and transitions. He went from being a persecutor of Christians to being persecuted for his faith. He went from being a zealous Pharisee, he was a person that was against Christianity, he was was hired by the Pharisees to persecute, to murder believers and he was stuck in his ways but the Bible tells us that in the book of Acts he was on his way to Damascus and he was on his horse and he had an encounter with Jesus and when he had this encounter with Jesus he could not turn back to his old ways because he knew that God had done something in his life. I just want to make a note there, I want before I continue in this story. But ain't it amazing with God when you have an encounter with God and he just begins to do things in your life. He begins to shift and move things around in your life. Anybody ever been touched or had an encounter or been transformed by Jesus? Is there anybody in this place that's grateful that you had your encounter with God? You were on your way to do something. Uh, You were on your way to the club to commit that crime. But God said, hold up right here because I got something different for you. You were on your way to hurt uh, 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 that dude. You were on your way to hurt that girl but God said you're gonna stop right here you are on your way of losing your mind but God said I'm gonna give you an encounter right here to turn you around you are on your way to being suicidal but God said I'm gonna stop you right here because I have purpose in your life ain't that amazing I got two or three people that's with me that's all right changes transitions amazing the changes and transitions and so because he had experienced all these transitions all these phases all of these changes now we find years into his life he was already an elder the Apostle Paul was already a man who was getting ready to transition out of this life and Timothy was his successor he had pastors that he had raised up and and he knew that his time was coming to an end and he was in prison. So he was an elderly man right here in the scripture I'm about to share it with you. He was an elderly man. Some theologians say that he was losing his sight and he was in prison because he was being persecuted for his faith. Talk about transitions, changes from having it all to now having nothing in jail with nothing except for his faith. And I want us to really look at his life, because I believe there's some points that we can uh, that we can apply and take in from this man's life that went through all of these changes and transitions, because I, I often talk about Paul, I often get into the book of Philippians, where we're going to be reading from, because I always, I, I'm, I always admire the faith that he had in the midst of persecution, in the midst of changes, transitions, I always admire the faith that he carried in those scenes and in those moments, and so I just have three points for you today, if you will write these points down, uh, uh, we're going to look at the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 10 through 13 if we could throw that up on the screen Philippians chapter 4 verse 10 through 13 do we have that all right you're gonna work with me back there on the screen praise the Lord the Bible says I've rejoiced greatly in the Lord at last you renewed your concern for me so he's writing from prison to the Philippian church I'll explain more about what's happening here He's writing this letter. He says, you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for here it is, and I want you to pay attention to this. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, that's a phase and a season he was in, and I know what it is to have plenty, change, transition. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed, that's a good season, or hungry, that's a difficult season. Whether living in plenty, we all love plenty, or in want, a different season. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. He's writing to the Philippian church. It was a church, one of the many areas that he had gone to to build up churches. And he had gone to many places to build up churches. He had gone to many places to build up leaders, disciple people, to love people, to mentor people. But this was the only church, listen to this, that responded to him in his moment. greatest need. They were the only one to send them financial gifts while he was in prison. They were the only one that really cared to send someone to visit him. And so he's writing this letter. The book of Philippians comes out of a place of gratitude. The central premise and theme of the book of Philippians is is joy, all about joy. So he's expressing joy in the midst of being in prison. He's, He's describing what joy looks like in the midst of the most difficult conditions. And here he is, he's explaining what it means to be content in the midst of this disappointment because here it is, I, I write this point down, the only way to overcome disappointment is by contentment. The way to overcome disappointment is by contentment. He said, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I have learned the secret of being content. So. Disappointment is overcome by contentment. What is contentment, Pastor? I'm so glad that you asked. Contentment gives the idea of being full of joy. Now, I want to explain joy because joy is a bit different from happiness, although sometimes it's used synonymously, happiness and joy, and and there are some aspects of it that's interchangeable, but I really want to make a distinction between happiness and joy because here's the reality. Hopefully, hopefully you'll know what I'm talking about. Happiness, it, it depends on the external. If things are going right outside of me, then I'm happy. See happiness depends on outward circumstances. Happiness depends on what happens to me, uh, what happens within us. Happiness is based on chance, but here it is, choice, uh, 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 joy is a different thing. See, See, joy is based on choice, joy is internal. Joy depends on inward character. It depends on who lives inside of us. There there is a distinction between happiness and joy. That means that if things are not going well uh, at the job, if things are not going well with my marriage, if, if we're struggling, if we're battling, if we're going through things in our finances, there is a way to still experience joy even in the midst of the most difficult situation. See, you can lose your happiness based on happenings, circumstances, stances shifts seasons transitions but God says you can have joy in the midst of the most difficult situations so the goal is to experience joy so he's talking about joy now what can possibly give you joy? And I hope you're getting ready to catch this. Let me know if you're getting ready to catch this. Let, let me know those who are getting ready to catch some. I'm just gonna throw it at you. Those for the first time looking around, like, catch what? Uh, you, you'll watch, you'll see in a, in a moment what happens. This is how we do at Hope Center. I'm getting ready to throw something at you. H- h- here's the secret, because he talked about a secret. I'm gonna reveal the secret. The secret is that God, how does this man have joy? He knew that God doesn't change with our season. The secret that he was trying to reveal, the thing that he learned is that God doesn't change with the season. Everything else might change, but our God remains the same. I'm going to say that again. Our seasons change. Our spouses change. Our job situations change. Our relationships change. Our friendships change. But can I tell somebody in this place that's in the midst of transition that your God remains faithful. He remains loyal. He remains trustworthy. I wish I had somebody that believed that today. Our God remains the same. He says I'm alpha and I'm omega. I'm the beginning and I am the end. I'm in your season in the future. I'm in your present and I'm in your past. Everything else might change but my love for you does not change. The word that I've given you, the promises I've given you, they have not changed and they will not change. Can you tell the person beside you, God does not change. In fact, the Bible says that he remains the same, that that everything might pass, but the word of God never passes away. It never fades away. It always remains true. Our God is the same even when things around us Lord, my husband acting crazy. That's a word for my wife. Lord, my wife is acting up. She's acting crazy. My coworkers are acting a fool. My brothers is acting up. My cousins is acting up. My my neighbors are acting up. My dog is acting up. I trained this puppy. I want to kick this things around us are always changing but 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 the secret that he had to learn and I'm revealing the secret uh, the reason why the apostle Paul I I wish you can catch this. This man was in jail. This man was losing his sight. This man had dedicated his entire life to serving God and now he's shackled up and he's in chains and he's saying, rejoice again. I say rejoice in in chapter four. How is he saying that? He's he's saying this because, because the secret he learned is that God does not change with our season. He remains the same. So in this cold season that you're experiencing disappointment, His word for you is still the same. I want to encourage somebody. The word He gave you still will come to pass. The love He has for you has not changed. His mercy over your life, it does not change. Everything else around you might change, but He says, my love, my power, my grace, it remains the same. But here's the thing about contentment. We have to learn contentment. He said it twice. He said, I learned what it is to be content, and then he said, I have learned, a second time, I have learned the secret of contentment. It's a thing that you have to learn. And how do you learn anything? You've got to practice it, and you've got to be tested in it. We're in a school right now. This is a place where all they do is practice concepts and test on concepts. That's the only way that they can promote you to the next level the next grade. If you pass this test, then you can go to the next season. Some of you are still in the same season you've been in for years. Y'all can smile back at me, it's all right, I love you. Some of you have been in the same, uh, 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 same place in your relationship with God for years, The same, doing the same old thing with your friends for years. And every time that you get into a situation, you say, this will be my last time. Am I talking to anybody in this place? You know, I always speak from experience. The reason I know is because I've been there, I've done it. We say, this will be the last time, the same place in your relationship, in your marriage, with your parents for years because because you're in this place and you, you have not got the lesson. And God is saying you're in the cold season because there's a lesson that I want to teach you. I want you to learn contentment with the season that you're in. But God, what about my neighbor? No, no, no. What is the season that children just focus on your season right now? but God, I'm doing the same exact thing they're doing. And you're here comparing yourself and you're still stuck because you're comparing yourself. You're on social media, you're comparing yourself. You're watching the news, you're comparing yourself. You're talking to people, you're comparing yourself. And seasons, but God has your season and what's yours is for you. And what's for the next person is for the next person. And God wants to teach you your lesson in your season. The lesson of contentment. Let me give you to the next point. Let me give you to the next point. The second thing that God wants to teach us in the cold season, and seasons of disappointment, is this. Disappointment can lead us to our divine appointment. I'm going to say it again. Disappointment can lead you to your divine appointment. Look what the scripture says in Philippians. We're going to go back some chapters. In Philippians chapter 1. Verse 12 through 14, again, the same book, he's still writing the same letter to the same people, he's still in jail, and he's saying, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what, was, that what has happened to me, here it is, actually served to advance the gospel. As a, result, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of my brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. He's in a season that on the outside may seem disappointing. Maybe in his flesh when he got to thinking, he's like, wow, this is is disappointing. But, But he realized because he put on his spiritual lenses in the midst of that season in his life, and he said, this has actually served a purpose in my life. Let me bring it back to something more practical. Maybe maybe if you think about this, maybe if you hadn't, you hadn't left that relationship that you were in before, you wouldn't be in the place that you're in now. Thank you, baby. Maybe if they didn't fire you from that job, it was disappointing then. It was heartbreak. I know you had to cry, but it, maybe if you weren't fired, then you, had, you wouldn't have been in the place that you're in now. Maybe if, you didn't, if those friends didn't leave you in that season, you wouldn't be in the place that you're in now. Maybe if you didn't leave that toxic environment that you were in, you wouldn't be in the... I know it was a heartache. I know that it cost you a lot while you were in the cold season, but see, oftentimes disappointment can lead us to God's divine appointment. Maybe You better look at your wife and say, Had I not left that, that girl, come on, tell her I would have not met you. Go, just I give you a moment, I'm giving you so you can get some points. Just be like, Baby, see, I'm glad I met you. Wife better tell your husband, See, that's why I met you because I was in, a, I was ready for my divine appointment. Can I, can I throw something at you that you'll catch real quick? Can I tell you that in God? Nothing is wasted. No pain in God is wasted. No experience in God is wasted. No lesson that you have to go through is in vain. God can use every bit of it. And some of you are saying, God, why am I in the midst of this difficult season and phase in my life? Because God wants to use every bit of it. Because somebody that you will meet in the future is going to be going through the same thing that you're going through. And had you not... And had you not gone what you went through you wouldn't be able to give hope but because you've gone through it you can tell him baby you're gonna make it out of this one baby we're gonna make it through baby we're gonna survive this one we're gonna get into the next season in victory because god can use every bit of every experience in your life so every disappointment in god can lead to your divine appointment. There's a story, uh, 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 he was a young man in the book of Genesis, goes by the name of Joseph later. You know, he, he progresses in age as we go through the story, but, but you may know the story. This man suffered more pain than anyone else I've read in the Bible besides Job, I'm talking about this man was treated unfairly, first his brothers threw him in a pit. And let me tell you, the reason why they hated him was because he had a dream. Can I tell you, sometimes when you have a dream, there will be some haters around. <laughs> All right, so he's sharing his dream, he's excited, but his brothers became envious, they became jealous, they threw him in a pit, they sold them to traders. So he was sold into captivity and he remained there in Egypt for years. He eventually became the head of the, uh, head slave in charge of a household and then he was falsely accused and then he was in prison and then he was in charge of the prisoners. And while he was there, a prisoner that said, listen, I'm about to get out, homie. I know you in here right now. He, he built a good relationship with, with, with Joseph. He said, listen, homie, I'm about to get out, and I'm going I'm to put in a good word in for you so that you can get out too because I know you've been falsely accused. And you know what happens? The man gets out and forgets him. He was treated unfairly and he remained there for years. Eventually he was free. Uh, uh, the man remembered him, remembered Joseph and then he came out, out of that position and then he was, he became from all of these painful situations, all of these difficult circumstances, then from there he became the right hand man to the Pharaoh in Egypt. He went from being in a pit to being in a palace. Now here's the thing, here's the thing. Eventually years later his brothers meet up with him. They reunite and I love what he says to his brother. He says, I am your brother Joseph. He's talking to his brother. That soul him into, uh, that put him in a pit, that sold him into captivity, that made him go through all of these different seasons, all of these different changes, these painful experiences. And he says, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. God sent me here to preserve you for a remnant on the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Now therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He said, he has made me now a ruler over all the land of Egypt. You meant it for evil, but God used the pain. God used the heartache. God used the season that I was questioning, the season that I was in chains. He used it for his glory and he put me in a new place so I can tell you there's hope for you as well will go through these seasons but your disappointment can lead to divine appointment let me give you this third point and i'm gonna get out of your way the third point that i have for you today is disappointment is a test of companionship disappointment siri hey siri disappointment is a test of companionship anybody phone go off alexa disappointment is a test of companionship let's go to Philippians chapter 4 verse 14 and 15 are you all doing all right by the way all right Philippians chapter 4 verse 14 through 15 we have that up here it said it says here it was good for you to share in my troubles moreover as you Philippians know in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel when I set out from Macedonia not one church here it is. He says, I've gone to all these places and I've loved all these people and I've discipled all these people and I've lifted up and, and raised and church planted all these places. He said, not one church share with me in the matter, in my season, in giving and receiving, except you only. Can I tell you that the winter, cold, disappointing seasons will reveal who are really with you and for you? The cold seasons will reveal who are really with you and for you. See everybody will be with you when it's nice and warm. But when it starts to get difficult, disappointment is the real test of Companionship. Can I break this concept down? Uh, will you take notes and receive what I'm getting ready to tell you? Just nod your head if, if you will receive what I'm getting ready to share with you. See, there are, when, you, when, when, when you're when you dealing with relationships, there are different types of relationships that we have. There are, and I heard this years ago from a pastor that explained this uh, eloquently, beautifully, and so I'm just adding my little, uh, I call it the P-mix, the pastor remix. So I'm going to just give you the, the, the P-mix. I'm taking it from him, I'm blending it in here, and, 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 and this is for you. See, there are three types of relationships. We have our constituencies. Now, when you have a constituent, they are not really into you. They are in and they are for what you are for. If you're for a particular cause, then they'll be for you. They'll be with you. People that are with you because they're they're for what you are for. Those are constituencies. You're going to meet people like that. As soon as they meet somebody that is going to further the cause, they will leave you. I hope that you're grasping this. They are for what you are for, but if there's somebody else that can advance the cause and what you're for, they will leave you. Then you have your comrades. Your comrades are not into you either, but they are against what you're against. You know that people pair up when they don't like something? The enemy of my enemy is a friend. You know people will get together and, and rile up and, and rally together when, they're not, when, they, when they hate on something and they're against something. Those are comrades. They're not into you. They're against what you're against, and therefore that, that's what connects you. But here is, here, here's, here's a different type of relationship. Then there are confidants. Confidants are for you, but more importantly, they are into you. These are relationships that we all need people that stick it through the cold season in your life. If you got your confidant near you, just give him a high five, be like, man, I'm glad I got you. Because if you got two or three people in your life that are your confidants, you are a blessed person. Those are the people that will not lie to you, they're gonna keep it real with you. There are people that are gonna challenge you. Those are the people that get into your face. Those are the people that tell you the things that you do not like, but those are also the people that are gonna visit you when you're in jail. Those are the people, I, my, my, my sister is, is, is in the back, that's my confidant. When we were young, we used to get whooped together. Anybody got siblings and you have that same testimony? My sister still to this day, she's still scarred, like, I, I, I got to pray for her. She's still scarred. She was like, I used to get all my whoopings because of you. But now I think about it, I'm like, because you my confidant, you my road dog, you my homie. You're supposed to ride with me. She used to take whippers for Those are your confidants that say, if we go down, we're going to go down together, baby. <laughs> and if we're up, we're going we're to be in this position together. It's a beautiful thing when you have confidants. Can I tell you, do not be surprised when your constituencies leave you. The comrades leave you. You're a blessed person if your confidant stays because those are the people that are going to stick it through the difficult seasons in life. Why do I bring this up? Because the Apostle Paul had the Philippian church in his coldest, most disappointing season. He still had a church that was thinking about him. They sent him gifts, they thought about him. He had these people. And can I tell you for those that say, I don't have my confidant near, there is a church here for you. And the beautiful thing about a church family is that we don't leave you in the seasons that you're going through. We're here when you're married. We're here when you get divorced. We're here when you have babies. We're here when you're single. We're here when you're a grandparent. We are here. Ain't that a beautiful thing? I wish I had somebody that was part of the church family in this place that would say thank God for a church family that in the difficult seasons there, in the great seasons they're in victory and in, in triumph and also in difficult, cold moments in my life. They are there. It's a beautiful thing that we, that we do here, because we are not perfect, but the goal is to tell you that you have somebody. God will always send at least one person in your life to remind you that they are for you and they are into you. So even in disappointing seasons, be encouraged that there is a church praying for you. If you got your confidant, you should be praying for them. You should be lifting them up. If you have a confidant, stick through it with them in those difficult seasons. We get angry. We get frustrated in the cold season. I know some of y'all can't wait. It's not even, we're not even fully in winter. We're not, in, it's just starting to get cold now. And some of y'all already upset. Like, I, I gotta heat up my car now. I gotta turn up the heat. Anybody turn up the heat? Some of y'all can't stand the cold. You already turned on the heat. Like I, we're not even in winter. Some of y'all like, I just wish I could, it could just be spring already but you got to embrace the cold season. There's a lesson out of it. Things have to shift. Things have to transition. Am I telling you that it's wrong to get upset when it's cold and disappointing? Absolutely not. Are you wrong for getting frustrated? Are you wrong for being upset in this season? Absolutely not. I'm here to tell you, it's okay, you can be honest with God and tell him, I'm frustrated, I'm upset, I'm angry in this season, but more importantly, what I want you to realize is that you are right exactly, precisely where God wants you. In the midst of the difficult season, what I want you to really take from today is that in the midst of the cold season, even though you're upset, even though you get angry, to learn contentment, to grow and declare His goodness, His wisdom, here it is, that His timing is perfect. Our timing is not. God's timing is perfect. So my prayer is that you develop a heart that waits on the Lord. We mess things up when we rush it because we want things on our clock. It's frustrating for us to wait on things because we live in an instant culture. We got Instagram. We got Uber Eats. We got an app for everything, don't we? Some of y'all got so many apps, y'all just scroll through the pages on your phone with all the apps. We, why? Because we need everything instantly. We need the gratification. We need, it. we need immediate results. But the reality is, when you get things immediately and rushed, you don't get to see the process of something when it's being developed. When you take steroids you're enhancing yourself chemically and you're not growing naturally and you stunt your growth and you affect so many different parts of your physical. if you look at that analogy so many parts of yourself you affect so many things in a negative way because you wanted to rush the process but when you put in the work When you wait it out, when you're in the season and you're in the process and you embrace that season and you you stick it through, you will be able to say, look at all the things that I learned from that. Look at at the lessons, look at the way that I grew from that season. And and, and my prayer is that you develop a heart that says, I'm gonna wait on the Lord. Even though everything is is instant, I know that this may take some time. This will be a process for me, but I'm not gonna rush the process. God, I'm gonna wait on you. Is there anybody today that would say, I'm going to wait on God? Lift your hands if that's you today. If, if you say today, I'm God, I'm going to trust you, even when it doesn't make sense, even when I don't have the, He said, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. God says there's strength for you when you place your trust and confidence in him. Family, I want to thank you once again for tuning into the Whole Puddle Podcast. Wherever you find yourself listening, To today's message, whether you're at home, at work, in your cubicle, working out, doing groceries, listen, I want to thank you and know that we are praying for you. The listening experience is wonderful, but can I tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. you got to come out to experience a Hope Sunday. We meet every Sunday at 1.30. You can find more information on our services, on our ministry at myhopecenter.org. You can get connected to us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at My Hope Center. Make sure to stay connected to us, subscribe to our channel. That way you can get notified instantly whenever we download a podcast and give us your feedback. We want to hear from you. You can write us at info at MyHopeCenter.org or you can uh, write us a message on one of our social media platforms and just let us know what is speaking to you, what blessed you, what ministered to you, if you have any prayer requests or if there's any need that you may be going through let us know how we can pray for you and stay connected to you we want to hear from you my people my family i hope to see you sunday at one of our services so until then family peace love and god bless